in 5, 4, 3. Hey everybody, this is Danielle. And this is still Daniel. And I'm Carla, and we are Hoosier Homicide. A true crime podcast by Hoosiers, for Hoosiers, or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. Have you figured out yet? No. Nope. (laughs) Welcome to our third episode. Yay! Is that supposed to be clapping? (laughs) Uh, no, someone's at the door. Uh, No one comes to see us. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> so if you haven't listened to episodes one and two, that's fine, because this is a different topic and you'll know what's going on. Yes. You should watch, I mean, watch. What? You should listen to the first two. If you can watch it. I'll be <laughs> really creeped out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I might need to tape up the computer. <laughs> All right, Daniel, how are you? Uh, I'd be better if there wasn't a bunch of fucking snow on the ground. How much snow? Um, About six inches. How do you know what six inches is? Well, <laughs> I walk, right ra- there, I right walk around with a measuring stick in my pocket. <laughs> uh, actually, I think it was only about three inches, but nonetheless, it's still, still, still made driving back and forth today suck. It did. But it's not like negative ten out, so. No, it's going to be, I think it's supposed to be really fucking cold tomorrow and then after that, so. It'll be great. That's, uh, yep, that's Indiana. We sit around and talk about the weather. That's. A lot of that, Actually, that. That's most of the conversations I have with people throughout the day. Hey, you seen this fucking weather day? Yes. Oh, man, yeah, I did see it. I looked outside. It looks cold. What does cold look like? It just looks cold. It looks cold. Enough that I have to drag the dog out first thing in the morning. To take a hot... I'll just I'll just go ahead and <laughs> shit inside the house. It's okay. That doesn't bother me none. He goes, well, you don't shit out inside. Uh, you don't know that. Burn. I'm an exhibitionist. <laughs> I like to shit. Out in the open sometimes. Some people like to have sex in public places. I like to shit in public places. And do you bring a shovel with you? No. That shit shovel we talked about in episode <laughs> one or two. I bring a I bring a pair of uh, of white t shirts with me and I wipe and then I leave them there. Because <laughs> what happens when you stumble upon a turd next to some unsuspecting white t shirts that just so happens to have a mud stain going up the front? Um. <laughs> I don't I'm just know. saying. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's but the question, it conserves energy. It conserves water. It's interesting. Do you dig the hole before or after? <laughs> um, I really don't dig a hole. I it's, leave my art on top. For he wants it to, to look admire. like he wants it to look like the emoji. I've been real close to taking a picture of one of my shits before Don't because know, no, no. it looked oh, like no, the emoji. No, no. <laughs> you would have been the first person she sent it to. Yeah. I know, but and you would have got a rash. You know what? You you would have been opening the floodgates. The, yes, you would have been opening Pandora's fucking not Pandora's box. Pandora's, Pandora's fucking uh, Porta John. <laughs> oh, it'd have been more nasty than that fucking Porta shitter in Kokomo. I almost froze to it. I'd be, I'd oh my be there. god! The girl that went ahead of me fucking dry docked one, <laughs> and I walk in, and Did it she already come out and blow you a kiss as you were walking in. <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you, the kiss didn't come from anything that was facing me. <laughs> Should we post a glossary? What is dry I almost, docking? I almost took a picture and sent it to Tyler, but it was that putrid oh. when I walked in. Yeah, I mean it was already gross, but then you walk in and there's just this fucking turd. Smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> at least it was smiling. Because it was frozen that way. No, oh this one was this one was it's still, still hot. Still there hot. was still steam coming off it. <laughs> Buried in between. And then our aunt so dropped juicy. her iPhone. Yes. And, and, oh, just, and the God. turd floated up. Like she she like, dropped it. Looked in, like, in and she almost thought she could get it. And then like a turd floated When I up. heard them ta- telling that story at Christmas, I thought... I heard them say they went in after it. And I'm thinking, surely not. I said, don't call me don't Shirley. Call me Shirley. <laughs> don't call me Shirley. I am serious. That happened. I went to a concert once and the girl in front of me dropped her phone. And she was like, I don't I don't know what to do. And in I was a like. In a potty? In a porta potty. She was like, I don't know what to do. And it was like ringing down under the. Like, you're like, the, I know what to water. do. And you went I literally <laughs> was like, I'm going to go pee on your phone now. <laughs> it's been fun. Sorry. You, you need to go get a whole bushel of rice and dump it down in there to get oh, all the water. Oh, God, wide. no. Is it white or brown rice? <laughs> <laughs> it's brown afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> if we can stop, I don't know if we can stop. I don't think there's any shit. We're, we're going to get a review. Good. These people are great. They talk about shit. It's everything in life comes back to it. What have you been doing the whole time you were here? I had to go to the bathroom, okay? A couple times. A couple times. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's everything in life comes back to that. We become the grass and the dog shit on the grass. I don't want to become shit. <laughs> Grab your oatmeal. Start eating. I had oatmeal for breakfast. I love Ooh. oatmeal. Two bowls. That's pretty impressive. You probably shit afterwards. You know, I I shit no matter what. Guys are like that. No matter what. I had a good schedule going on at work, and I didn't happen today. We and that's why I had an explosive. Work is my, my favorite. That's the one thing that disappoints me about the home we live in now, is my favorite place to poop is actually at work. Wow. Mm. That's not as satisfying. No, so. Right, story it used to be that. great because in our old house... Like, I would go shit in mom and dad's bathroom. Like, You're one of those. <laughs> I am. I totally am. <laughs> I want to be alone. But a small person will sit in front of me on her small toilet and go, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm pooping. What are you doing? Watching you poop. Watching you poop. <laughs> the best thing was that, that microphone she got you for Christmas and she turned it on and went and stood. I told her to stand in front of the door and sing to you while you were pooping. I like to be serenaded while I... Drop a deuce. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard that the 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 person in the case we're going to talk about also likes to drop a deuce. That's the best transition I've heard in quite a while. That was clever. I like that. <laughs> Nobody saw it coming. So, uh, Danielle, what, what are we talking about tonight? Because well, this conversation's just going to shit. We're going to stop. Lord, <laughs> hit me. Our case tonight is focused on a young woman known as Sarah Jo Pender. Yes. And you're really going to have to dun, fill dun, me dun, in. Dun, dun, dun. She is currently property of the state of Indiana as she is a resident at the Indiana Women's Prison. Interesting. You seem to know a little bit about that. I do. It was that stint of, you had with crime. I did not do a stint. Five or six years ago? The only crime was that I was not paid to be there. Oh. It was an internship. Got it. But we'll get there. Okay. Sarah was born May 29th, 1979 in like Noblesville, Indiana, I think. Okay. Somewhere around there. Used to be nothing back then. So, if you're not familiar with Indiana, it's just north. Yeah, where's Lawrence Central High School? It's north same side. Same idea. Okay. Yeah. I, think, I think. Clearly, I don't You know, I'm not entirely like, sure. <laughs> you're both here, so you know where things are. I Okay, Noblesville is on... It's north. You gotta mm-hmm. get off on 465 and get on 69 It's to get where there. all the uh, major concerts were played. Yeah, so it used to be it's nothing. Which kind of fucking sucks, because from where we live, it's like a little bit over an hour. Yeah, it's pretty annoying when you to go up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I just don't go. Nope. I haven't been in a while. I was thinking about going and seeing somebody this summer, but we'll see. What was the last concert you went to? I don't remember. You? Well, I saw I Garth saw Brooks. <laughs> I saw a cover band at the Bluebird. That doesn't count. It was it was a Fleetwood Mac cover band, so it that doesn't, doesn't count. count. I really don't remember. My last two concerts: Garth Brooks, and before that, Slipknot. Just wow. so well rounded. <laughs> I'm well. You're rounded. diverse. That's my shade, but. Aww. We'll get more into concerts. Hold on. At 21, she is a dropout of Purdue University, which I do not hold her against her. I've dropped out of just about every college I've ever gone to. It's hard. If you're in school, we commend you. Yep. No one likes it, and it costs a lot of money. A lot. So I don't blame her for that. But I also do not believe she was an unintelligent person, from what I've gathered. No. But maybe smart, but not applied. Yeah, or... You know, you're too young to be making your whole life decisions and they send you to college and they're like, blow a bunch of money and figure it out while you're there. That's what I did. I didn't feel well equipped to handle the world until just a few months ago. <laughs> what I turned 30. Oh. Oh my. Gosh. <laughs> that doesn't seem good for me. No, it doesn't. You got, you got a ways to go. Okay. I'll keep screwing things up. So, it was at a fish concert. Okay. Ah. P-H-I- S-H. Yes. In two, in June of 2000 that she met a strapping young man named Richard Hull. Do you know anything about Fish? Uh, yes. The band. They're, They're a rock, band, right? kind of like the Grateful Dead. 
they have a huge following. Uh, okay. People, people like go show to show with them. They're like a cult. Yeah, Careful except no, like word. a cult classic, like you know, like okay. Well, yeah, maybe. So they get. They're I like, mean, pe- they they have large mm-hmm. groups of people that go place to well, place. Well, it sounds like they're similar to like Dave Matthews Band or something. The idea, the music. Yeah, no, 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 no. There are people that just go to those shows and they never stop going. And they're like, yeah, this was my 39th show. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. I don't unless I was being want paid. to. Yeah, I was like, where do you get the money? I knew someone that flew to Ireland to see them. See who? Like, Dave Matthews. Were they not coming back? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> huh. It's like, did they not play here? So they were at Fish. <laughs> yes. yes. And Richard Hull... I could never figure out how old. I thought you said Richard Hole. I'm like, dude, his name was Dick Hole. Almost, yeah, almost. almost. He was a bouncer at a bar and had a criminal history that included six misdemeanors and only two felonies for auto theft and for residential entry. You think that's a good? You think that's a good uh, to put on your resume to become a bouncer? But if you put if Perhaps. you word it like residential entry, it means like I just walked in without someone saying, come on in. Oh, shit. I feel but, like I've done that before. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> it was probably a breaking and entry. Yeah. But I guess if they didn't steal anything, I don't know. I think he likes drugs, too. That's. Well. you got to do your thing. you got to be you. Oh, yeah. Carl, encourage, encourage <laughs> our listeners to do drugs. I'm just very open, man. Be you, man. <laughs> you just like got to do what you got to do, man. Well, what they got to do is they started dating in August or so of 2000 after the Delightful Fish concert. Okay. And they began sharing a house on the 900 block of McKeel Street. Which we figured out was by... It's close to what is now Luke's Oil Stadium. The oil can. The oil can. So downtown. Um, Their roommates were Andrew Cataldi, 24, and Trisha Nordman, 25. These two folks were both fugitives from the Nevada Correctional Facility, uh, serving time for forgery and possession with intent to distribute methamphetamines. It's a popular one. So, it's really three drug dealers and Sarah living in this house. She's the only one with no criminal record, no drug abuse, and has a full-time job. She just got mixed in with these people because she met some guy at a fish concert. But everyone has met some guy before. So like this At a fish concert? I don't know about a fish Maybe concert. I should be going to fish concerts. Don't. To meet, yeah, to meet, meet a meth dealer. That's Oh, okay. So See, what happens? What what happens from here? There's got to be There's some tension in the home. When there's drugs and money involved and people are doing drugs and not bringing home enough money or someone owes someone money, it's easy to get pissed off. I've heard so so I've heard. So so we've heard. <laughs> so Hull and Cataldi argued frequently with increasing tensions and drug usage. Hull wants to buy himself a firearm illegally. Because he is a felon, he is not allowed to purchase one. He tries to get one from a neighbor's boyfriend's son, and that doesn't work. So he gets Sarah to purchase a 12-gauge ah. shotgun at Walmart. On 31. <laughs> on the south side. So we there know. is your loophole. <clears throat> yep. So this is, so Sarah is now, she's involved. Now I want you all to think about the last thing you bought at Walmart. Because they also bought ammunition. Okay. Makes sense. Condoms. Okay. And a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm thinking yes. about having a good time. I might pick up those things. <laughs> I'd get a Diet Coke. <laughs> well, you know, you take the condoms, you put them over the gun, and now no fingerprints. No. It was a big... <laughs> I don't think... Is that what you use condoms for? Wow. I've, wow. Been, I've been misinformed. Yeah. So, pretty... Bought the exact same thing the last time I went to Walmart, except I also got some cottage cheese that was on sale. I would never buy cottage cheese on sale. <laughs> There's a reason You blow it's up on the sale. balloons, you put the cottage, cottage cheese in it. Oh, God. But the, hopefully, it went, I guess they're not supposed to break like that. So. They were testing condoms. Were the condoms on sale? They might have been. <laughs> they were sheepskin. It was latex. Is that a thing? Yeah. 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 If you have a latex allergy, mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> on October twenty fourth, two thousand, while Sarah was not home, whatever she was off doing, I read it was like three in the morning, so I 
don't know where she was. If she worked at that time, she was supposedly not there. A fight broke out between her boyfriend and Andrew regarding money that his sister owed him. So, obviously, it's drug money. Money. Someone owes me money for something. Either you're going to pay me in drugs or money. So, the boyfriend and the roommate are going at it. Yeah. Uh, And Contaldi, the roommate, knew about the recent shotgun purchase and went into Richard's room to retrieve the weapon. Okay. But Richard. (laughs) Exactly. This is his testimony. He said that Cataldi looked at him and said, he's going to kill my fucking family. And that's why he felt the need to shoot him. Okay. (laughs) All right. So there was a struggle for the gun in... Richard Hull shot Andrew. <laughs> it still sounds like you're saying Richard Hull. <laughs> Richard Hull, I don't know. Shot Andrew in the chest and then shot Trisha in the head and the chest. But well, that just seemed un- unnecessary. It's a shot. It's a 12 gauge shotgun. He doesn't need to shoot her twice. But it just seems unnecessary after he killed the first person. Well, he's probably seen The Walking Dead. Ah. Double tap. That's what it's. Oh, it has a name. Mm hmm. <laughs> Okay, so, and I didn't, wasn't able to get any information really about these two people that were, they were murdered. There are very few people in the world that I actually think deserve to die. And I don't know anything about them other than they were just drug dealers. It doesn't make them bad people. I'm not saying they, I'm saying they probably, they need to go to to prison where they belong. I usually tried to find out more information. I could, I found like one picture of Andrew. Like, I mean, I can kind of picture what these people would be like. Yeah. I couldn't find anything more, and I'm not going dark web on this no. to find these people. Going dark web. You have access to it. You don't know me. <laughs> you know what? You never know who You do not are. fuck up this computer. That's I true. That's true. No lime wire. <laughs> no lime wire. No frost oh. wire. Oh, I remember those days. Okay. As fun as it and was to download Dane Cook Napster, Commons routine. you pay for it. I will pay for it. I don't think Napster's actually. Napster. <laughs> I don't think that's alive anymore. No. LimeWire. Okay, so Sarah returned home and found both victims dead. And one body had already been placed into a truck that they had borrowed because they were going to empty out a basement in which they were going to open their own methery. Like a meth lab. Oh, that's sweet. Did you just come up with that? I did. That is sweet. I did. A methery. Oh. It makes me think of nice. like an old malt shop or something. <laughs> Welcome to my methery. <laughs> Would you like some of the rock candy? Yes! (laughs) So that's what they were doing with the truck was moving things to start a meth lab. So one body, I'm not sure which one, is already in the truck. She comes home and I'm sure is like, what is going on here? And according to her, he said, get some towels. We're loading them up in the truck. And anytime she tried to say something, he was like, shut the fuck up. Get in the truck. It doesn't. She's already involved, so she yeah. might as well just. This go is along her with it. involvement: is that she helped him load these bodies, and then take them to a dumpster in the 800 block of South Meridian Street, where they were found probably the next day. What What time of year was this? Yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. October. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say right. if it had been. Boiling hot out. Oh, God. No. Some... Do we figure out where the 800 block of Meridian is? You didn't, th- you didn't seem to think that was important? Wow. It's on wow. South Meridian. I don't know. Felt, felt like that was more of a major street. It's probably not. <laughs> Carla will look it up. I'll look it up. So she helped him dispose of the bodies. He's going to stay home and try to clean up all the blood left by, you know, three rounds of a 12-gauge shotgun. I'm like, which is probably... Yeah. That's probably a lot of blood. And tissue matter. Yeah. So he ran some carpet shampooer from his neighbor. I was like, oh, you're welcome for that. (laughs) So I know, I think it's still fairly close to the Yeah, I feel like they didn't go that far. Okay, they didn't go too far. Yeah. Well, when you don't have a plan, that's why he thinks this probably wasn't like a premeditated murder. He was, they're arguing and he shot a guy and his girlfriend and was like, I have to dispose of these bodies. Where do you put things that you're trying to throw away? Don't usually people in Indiana just throw them in the White River? Yes. I mean, saves time. And they wash up a few days later. I mean, it's unoriginal, but I mean. Yeah, they could have done that. Yeah. No, they didn't. Hmm. Uh, Pender went to work, and the couple returned the truck 
and then started burning the blood-stained items. They're trying very poorly to clean this up. And the police were able to identify, you know, the DNA of the victims and Hull's DNA. But Sarah's DNA was never on anything or attached to any so items. And when the detectives stopped her, she turned over evidence and admitted that she knew what happened. But... It seemed like a little too late in the process. Yeah. She... Apparently, if you walk in on a murder, you're supposed to call 911 in front of the murderer and just that say... That doesn't seem like a And just idea. say, you can't murder me because I'm calling 911 on you. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a good idea. So, I don't know what the gap is between witnessing a crime and calling 911 that you're not considered part of the crime. I think if you move... I don't know. If you move bodies, I think it's a done deal. And then she went to she went to work. How could you? I couldn't perform at work. Where'd she work at? I'll have to look it up. Oh, I mean, probably was. She might have had your old. She might have had your job. I don't. What year did this happen? I don't know. No, if the company wasn't around then. Well, okay. <laughs> okay, so two thousand two. Did they? They had cell phones, right? I don't know if she did. I mean, wow, that made me sound like. Young. <laughs> well, I don't know how, how you were. What ten? Yes. Yeah, I was get in fourth with it. grade. <laughs> okay, so anyway, she gets arrested and is charged with a co-conspirator in this, similar to like in Indiana. If let's say Carla and I are going to break into a house to rob it, and there happens to be someone home, and we shoot the guy and he dies, and we just have you at the front of the neighborhood saying, "Just wait right here. We'll be right back. Don't you worry about nothing." And turns out you didn't know you were playing lookout. You'll get the same sentence that we'll get. Boy. So be careful who your friends are. <laughs> so even if you're totally oblivious. But see, I wonder if they knew, if you know in that scenario, did you know they were going to commit a crime? Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of times it happens to kids that didn't even realize what they were doing or didn't think it was going to be a big deal. So when a, you know, a murder has occurred during like another felony, it, they compound each other. And yeah. even though you didn't. You know, even though she didn't pull the trigger, they're like, you're still just as guilty as him. Well, she, I think the minute you, you move a dead body, it's like, I don't know. That's I what, feel like game over. Maybe I'll try to put a link in right here, uh, right now, <laughs> about her explaining what it was like when she was trying to ask him what happened or what should we do when it was clear that she was there as a courtesy and that he could kill her just as he, like, I don't need you here. Like, I could kill you after you help me move the bodies type of thing. Everything shuts down. There's no feeling. There's no thought process. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's just, like, this tunnel vision, and it's just a singular thought of, oh, my God, oh, my God, what do I do? 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 And that's it. It's I don't know. And there's no answers. There's no, there's no thinking. There's no nothing. I guess he had pulled Trish's body off the floor or something. And I said, Richard, like, Richard, like, oh, my God. And when he turned around, it clicked. I'm about to die. I just remember feeling like, you know, like a rabbit and a wolf. And uh, I just surrendered. (laughs) But up until that moment, it had not, it had not occurred to me. I had no critical thinking, none. And even after that, I had none. Get me some blankets. That was it. And so I step, 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 blanket, 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 blanket. And uh, get in the fucking truck. I would ask questions. Be quiet. What are we doing? Just be quiet. Get in the truck. Where are we going? It's nice. Where are we going? Shut up. And so, I mean, it, that's it. We're driving, 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 driving. I'm thinking oh my god oh my god oh my god that's it you know like there's you don't have some grand there's you just don't have a thought process it's just completely gone i took actions that were against the law and that i did not call the police i did not report a crime i assisted uh a criminal i assisted him in not being you know at the house so i got the motel room yes absolutely and i deserve to pay the maximum penalty for that which is eight years. And if there was anything that I could do at all to make this different, I would. So I I showed you the pictures. I'll put the picture of this dude up. He's a scary motherfucker. He's huge. He's not someone I would say no to, and especially if he was in a bad mood. Yeah, he looked like a tree trunk. Yeah. Ball. He was just a 
big tree trunk white dude. Yeah. Yes. I wouldn't mess with him. I have parts like a tree trunk. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> no, y- yes, you are welcome. <laughs> Stop! Oh my god, no. Okay, her trial was held in Marion County Superior Court in July of 2002 with James Knave as her defending attorney and Larry Sells as the prosecutor. And she did not testify in her own trial, which is usually the smart thing to do mm-hmm. if you're... Unless you're Jody Arias. Yeah, that's oh what I was going to say. Oh my gosh. Yep. Because that's just... You'll usually just One of the best 14 days of television ever. I really I that. remember... I, I, I think I was in high school. No. But, with, no. Oh, and Jody Arias? Yeah. No. When was it? It was... Well, the murder and the trial were two different. Oh. She might have been during No, it was... I remember you just took... I was... You took a a great interest to the trial. I was, like, waist deep in that shit. You were, but you kept me updated, so it was, like... You were out of high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember. Because she and I were... Oh, We were together. Yeah. Yeah. What it was like, I didn't have to try. You just told me everything. (laughs) It wasn't just, you're guilty, you were there, we know you helped him. The prosecutor put a fancy spin on it that called her... He likened her to a female Charles Manson, as in she was pulling the strings and coordinating this murder and that her boyfriend Richard never would have done it had she not whispered sweet nothings in his ear to talk him into doing it. That's that's a bit of a reach. I know. It is a reach. That's a little bit but of when a reach. you but, like say something like that, people will grab on to taglines when it, it's a woman committing a murder. Well, they like and, it. Yeah, and it's not as common, so it's like and she's young. She was only 21. She was a young pretty blonde girl committing a murder and we've got the state prosecutor liking her to Charles Manson. And everyone's like, this is great. Maybe she knew somebody in the Beach Boys. <laughs> what? Charles Manson. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, she probably didn't play guitar. Probably not. You never it, know. It is, it's reaching, though. I don't know. But um, I guess if it's a good story, people are just like, yeah, I'll go with that. She purchased the murder weapon. That is true. And the condoms and the coke. And... She was involved in disposing of the bodies. Well, then she allegedly sent a letter to her boyfriend thanking him for covering for her and taking the fall. And that's how I knew how much you meant to me. Let's see if I've got... What's that mean if you're just going to spend your whole life in prison? She actually wrote him this letter. Actually, I doubt it. So the letter, a small portion, Drew was so mean that night. I just snapped. I didn't mean to kill them. It must have been the acid. When you said you were trying to take the blame, I knew that you loved me deeply. At first, I thought you would tell, but you stuck to your promise. Forensics later proved that that was hers. But she had no fingerprints on it. Nothing. It was a handwriting. It was, they said it was her handwriting, even though it was printed and not in her cursive. It's like someone handing me a paper and saying, write pretty, and I'll be like, they can't. Sorry. They can't do it. So the inmate that they were relying on for all this was Floyd Pennington, whom she kind of started like a pen pal relationship with. And I didn't think jail, for inmates to write each other, like I would, if I was in prison, which I never have been, and I would want to write to Daniel, I think I would have to write to you, Carla, and you would have to mail it back to Daniel. So you can't write to the opposite sex. No, co- like inmates, like we're oh, all. Oh, I see. So you have. So in this scenario, I am also in prison. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, okay. So I think that's what she's doing. I don't see how anyway they let inmates write to each other. Like you're not so supposed to do that. They had someone on the outside. Yeah, turning around and mailing. There's a lot of stamps and stationery and scented. Well, when you gotta papers. talk, when you gotta talk to you, gotta talk. You know. Oh, and you're bored. You are so bored that all they want is to write to someone and you're like, to fill the time. So there is TV probably in a common area, but they don't have anything to do. But they could write to someone that's not in prison. Yes. Okay. So I bet that's, I bet that's what's happening. I can't see how prison officials would be real keen on inmates just corresponding back and forth within the same facility or even other, like you're just not supposed to, but they can't. Don't they read everything anyway? Yeah, they do. So, So. Yeah, they open it all up. You have to do a tinkle. Tinkle, tinkle. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have flushed the toilet. It's okay, we already told him we took a tinkle. 
Oh, yes, I did. I had to drain the lizard. <laughs> what you? What was it full of? <laughs> Piss. <laughs> Piss and vinegar. Piss and vinegar. <laughs> okay. So, Floyd, good old Floyd, stated that she had admitted to him the double homicide. Their pen pal relationship, mailing letters out and back in. And I don't know if it was more, like, I think they had over 75 letters. Like, they did write to each other. That's extensive. Yeah. But then he said they arranged a meeting at Wishard Hospital, which is now Eskenazi. And I cannot spell that. Don't try. The idea that you that you yourself and someone else that you are corresponding through with letters can simultaneously feign illness to convince guards to actually take you to the hospital, I find very unlikely. Like, they don't like to listen to you whine and complain, and they don't like to take inmates to the hospital. Like, it's called shut up and get over it. So, I think they said he faked kidney pain. Ooh, okay. But so she had to be faking something simultaneously, and they both were then set in the lobby at Wishard where they got to talk for 30 minutes, like handcuffed to different chairs. Uh-huh. Now, is this totally out of the realm of possibilities? No. I think it's highly unlikely, just from what I know of having to get transport, for, to transport inmates and to do it at the same time. Without... You would think there'd be some sort of record of saying, yeah, both of these guys were removed. Yeah, there might be. There might. They're in but, jail at this point. Yeah, so they're both so, at Marion County. The Marion County Hilton. Yeah, and but they're in different units because it's male and female, and they can't write to each other directly. So they're writing to a third party, but we're going to correspond it at the same time on the same day. And that means the same guards have to buy it that you're actually legitimately ill and not. So it's just very. It seems like a big risk. It's him hawing to me. It's not a him hawing. So it's kind of kooky, if you ask me. Yeah, it sounds nuts, but that's his statement in court, is that she sent me this letter, or the the boyfriend is saying she sent me this letter confessing, look at her nice printed handwriting, even though she only writes in cursive, and the state bought that, and they're like, yeah, looks good, and then Floyd, a known child molester, has volunteered to say we write to each other, and I talked to her at Wishard, I pinky promised she did it, and they said, good enough for me, and they gave her 110 years in prison. So... I don't know. This is, seems a little. It seems like circumstantial evidence to me. It's so bad. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I yeah. Did they have the letters? I I think her writing to Floyd the pedophile doesn't matter. Like that, it shouldn't. That shouldn't matter. It's the letter that the boyfriend said he has had all this whole time, even okay. though his cell has been turned over and over through the years, or at least the year they're waiting for this trial. He kept it up his butt. Yeah, like he kept it real, real safe in pristine condition so that when trial came, he could present it. And it's like, but how did you just magically have it, like, with you, with you on your person? Again, it seems like a stretch. Yeah, and there was no envelope. It didn't come with an envelope. Like, she you wrote it out and mailed it. Yeah, so she never mailed it to him. It was just, here's the letter in her... N- the handwriting you say is hers, even though it's probably not, and she had no fingerprints on it. But their forensic team said it was hers. So if I was a jury member and the state said, no, no, we did super special tests on it. It's her paper. I would probably believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was her paper or her handwriting? Handwriting. Okay. Like, I, but I don't think Allegedly. They proved, but yeah. I guess they proved it. So yes, it was uh, her handwriting. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> so they gave her 110 years. Uh, Richard Hull pled guilty. And got 75 years with his mitigating factor being, you know, she's female Charles Manson. She told me what to do and I had to do it. You probably heard that. I was like, yeah, he yeah. Goes, I'm rolling with that hard. And so he got 75 years. But something happened where he, he wins an appeal. And at the sentencing, the judge increases his prison time. Like, that's what I read. I'm not really sure, like... He probably dropped the F-bomb or something. He was like, make it 80. (laughs) No, 90. 90, oh. So he ended up with more time. So he's he's an idiot. Yeah. But during this hearing, he admits that he shot both of the people, that he had no concern for their well-being as humans, that he just, no, I killed them, and that Pender was not there, and she only helped after the fact because, you know, she had to. And they still were like, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to hear it. Why so, do they do it? Do they do it for the story? For the headlines? Uh, 
I will get to what we think. Okay. Yeah. Who's we? We we. Is there a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> so the only hard evidence at her trial was a letter, like we were talking about, and Hull eventually signed an affidavit, affidavit recanting that the letter was real and admitting it was a forgery. So he goes, no, 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 I paid some prissy man in prison to write it feminine in order for me to protect him. And they're like, oh, go away. They don't want, they don't want him to say this. Floyd Pender is the one who came to the detective Kenneth Martinez to say, I can get a confession from her. Floyd was released in 08 and committed a rape within months of being released. So, like, the bad guys that, you know, the pedophile gets to come and go as he pleases just because I'll say anything about anyone else to make the state's case look better as long as I get to roll in and out of here when I feel like it. If that if that was your situation, why wouldn't you manipulate it like that? Yep. So, this detective was eventually relocated to Idaho and resigned in 08 following an evidence mishandling scandal. So he might have low standards for evidence to begin with. Apparently. Yeah. It just, none of this is adding up for me. In 09, a journalist was researching this case because it's interesting. And he found uh, a list, a snitch list in quotations, that the prosecutor, Larry Sell, said he never saw. And it was Floyd's list of 17 names of random people that he knew that he would roll on at any time to get himself a reduced sentence. So he's basically a jailhouse snitch for hire. And they he just happened to get picked for Sarah's case. And it's like, how did... So this, this some journalist comes in five years later. Mm-hmm. Is it five? Six? Seven? Uh, I don't know. And finds this list. It must not have been that... Well hidden. Yeah, and the the prosecutor swears he never saw it, and it was like, I never would have gone, I never would have put him on the stand had I known he was just making up things to testify against anyone and everyone. Um, and I was like, but he's a pedophile. Like, when are pedophiles credible? Like, I just feel like... It goes out the window. Yeah. No, you you don't get to talk. You've lost your right to speak. Yeah, you're go a creeper. Away. You're done. Yeah, but he is the one that gets to come and go from jail the most. It's so ass backwards. Yeah. Yeah, he's, this is what he said. I will help to make buys, wear wire, talk on phone tapes, or whatever I have to do to make busts on all of these crimes. It's just a shitty person. Yeah. Mm. Now this undermines her guilt if we didn't think it was Rocky to begin with. And it was. But as we know, the prosecutor's office never likes to go back on these things. No. They don't. So this is, but, and he's retired now. Or, so he's a, that's he's a retired liar. No, no, no. Oh. Like, well, I think the prosecutor was way overzealous in all of this. But I'm talking about I'm talking about just the prosecutors, whoever the new prosecutor is. They don't like 100 having to do these things. Yeah, they're going to say, "Why would I do that when you're already in prison?" Well, Sarah didn't really feel like she belonged in prison, and I agree. And maybe something might have happened had she not decided. That she didn't need to be in prison anymore. <laughs> she made this decision. So. Gee, Sarah, how'd you come to this decision? She was stationed at the Rockville Correctional Facility, which is 50 miles west of Indianapolis. So almost out of the state, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on August 4th, 2008, with the aid of a prison guard named Scott Spittler. God, there's that temptress again. Oops. Oh, yeah. You know, I think Charles Manson escaped from jail once. He did at Indiana. In Indiana. What? See, he was at the boys' school. Like That's right. We could cover him, too, if we really wanted to, but that's hard. That's really hard. That's what she said. Hey! Oh! Got him! Okay. So, Scott Spittler had been a correctional officer at Rockville for five years, and the previous month he had been placed in a pre-trial diversion program for a misdemeanor charge of battery. Although he was married and had children, he was also engaging in an ongoing sexual relationship with Sarah Pender, which is incredibly illegal. It's even if a female inmate is seduces you, gropes you, corners you, anything she does, and if you have sex with her, it is rape because she is property of the state and cannot give you consent. That's not how it is on Orange is a New Black. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
Probably a pretty good lull, though. Yeah, yeah. So it really. So, but he's going to sell it the same way. She, you know, manipulated me. She seduced me. I couldn't say no. She's a female's Charles Manson, man. Man, you heard the guy say it. (laughs) So I'm sure his wife was thrilled to hear about this. Oh, God. And it wasn't an anomaly. Like, there were other uh, guards that had been having sex with other female inmates at this prison. So it wasn't like it was her. If you think about it, though. You might not be glad to hear it, but then when you find out he's in trouble for it, you're like, Because hey, most hey, men hey. that cheat don't go to jail for it. Oh, he won't. I'm sure you get more than jail for this. Yeah. The plan. Oh, she was also aided by Jamie Long in her escape. She was an older married woman who had a criminal history of two felonies and 12 to 15 other random ass convictions, apparently. Um, and they had met in 2007 while they were inmates at the Marion County. Hilton. Thank you. They formed an intimate relationship and Long referred to Pender as her wife. So more like Orange is the New Black. Yes, there you go. After her release, Long frequently visited Sarah. So they have some type of relationship that is continuing in its weirdness. I don't know. So she has a love triangle going on between some lady and a guard. Yeah, both of whom are (laughs) apparently married. That's what makes it... Hmm. You can't do that. You maybe, have, maybe she is kind of like a female's Charles Manson. Oh, now we're getting in it. You've got to have that prison wife, you know? Got my wife in prison. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what all you know about prison, Carla. <laughs> I don't. Um, at some point in here, she had exhausted all her appeals. Like, she started to lose hope. It wasn't that she had appeals working and things, and, like, there... She had, she was done. Well, what would, it would have it would have taken probably a nonprofit organization to step in. Yeah, and it's hard to get people to get recognized by the Innocence Project. And I don't even know what kind of uh, presence they have in Indiana. I don't know where you'd have to get to someone. She had served the equivalent of a twenty one years of her sentence, and she felt like that was enough. And in reality, for aiding someone in the middle of a murder and kind of not telling anyone about it, she probably did the right amount of time right there Mm -hmm. and would have had they prosecuted her for the appropriate sentence she would have been released then but instead they charged her on way more than that and she's charles manson i don't know what to tell you okay sarah reportedly planned her escape in just days or weeks she didn't need 10 months (laughs) it doesn't seem to me like if you if you're able to uh plan your escape from prison in a couple days or a couple weeks you really probably have half-assed it yeah, or it's on a whim. I don't know. <laughs> so, Maybe she was incredibly genius. Like, you know, how long did it come up on the Shawshank for him to figure out? All right, I'm oh, gonna, man. I'm going to dig out this little dig hole. Out. Well, she didn't have to dig out And I'm going to climb down, and then I'm going to climb to my freedom through shit. I don't know, man. I've and only he seen probably that. came across your aunt's phone. <laughs> In the porta potty. <laughs> What's that phone doing there? <laughs> well, he used that phone because Scott Spitler gave her a cell phone. And then he agreed that he would be paid $15,000 to help her escape. Where does she have that money? I don't know. Where are people getting $15,000? I'm just going to start promising people money. And big money. She uh, um, she had a family member that just lost a house. <laughs> and he was going to give her. Yeah, and after he bought his Ferrari, whatever was left over, he was going to give, give to her. her. That makes sense. Right. But see, this guy, he committed. He was like, I'm getting her a phone. And he brought her clothes. I'm going to bring her clothes. She going to do this. Yep. I committed. So she went into the gymnasium where she changed clothes, hit her prison uniform up into the ceiling tiles, and then walked out into his van. Because prison guards get to come and go. And sometimes you have a van. You remember when we lived in Plainfield? You'd see him all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we live by a prison Coming out there. up to your house. Like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, she got in the van. It was that easy. Hit under the seat. And he drove to the prison's gate where he knew one of his buddies would be like, yeah, that's fine. Go on through. Because how often do you have to search your buddy's van for inmates? Never. All the time. He should have. So then he dropped uh, Sarah off at the a parking lot where then Jamie Long picked her up and gave her 140 bucks and dropped her off in Indianapolis. Wow. Sounds like a great plan. It would well, like, seem very have to simple. Dig. She didn't have to dig anything. She didn't even need a shovel. And, and, you know, 140 bucks in Indianapolis, you could hide out over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. A whole weekend. As long as you're okay with sleeping in the underpass. 
By the White River. By the White River. After oh, you'd be fine. So they do like an inmate count at least three times a day, I think. Okay. Two, maybe two. And the third one is they can see you in your cell. So it's not. It sounds excessive, but in this instance, it's not. I don't think so. <laughs> so after an inmate count, and they came up a person short. The prison was put on maximum security lockdown. It should have always been on maximum it's security not lockdown. <laughs> it's not a maximum security I'm confused. Uh, it just means, like, no visitors, nothing's coming or going. Like, and I was like, she's already out. What does it matter now yeah. if you stop everything else? Well, because she, she may still have been tunneling. That's true. In the shit. Oh, the shit. She could have still been somewhere. She had climbed down. She I think that's how El Chapo got out, wasn't it? Maybe. Like I'm like, impressed with people that can feel escape. Like he climbed out through a shitter. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. <laughs> so they saw Spitler and her on surveillance tape. Like he, they saw him walking her into the van. Like what a dummy! You know, so you didn't like sneak her. So it's real easy to do, but to get away with is a different story. Yeah, it's not like they're not gonna notice. Yeah, so he was arrested the next day and charged with assisting a crimi- criminal. Official misconduct, sexual misconduct, and trafficking with an inmate. But he said she manipulated me. Oh my god! Wily temp- temptress that he was. And I'm, I'm sure they were they were less than pleased when he's. Where is she? I don't know. I don't know. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the detectives backed him up on this. That first she seduced him and then coerced him, and then he then he had to help her escape. Well, hell, did he at least get? Did he, did he at least get off easy? No, he got eight years. Good. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, all and, things considered. I'm pretty sure his wife did divorce him. Hey, that might, might have done him a favor. It was, it'd be hard to stand by. You ever met his wife? Mm-hmm. Nope. Well, she she could be a handful. And a half. And a half. A theory of what they're talking about, why they wanted this to be a big deal. Like, she escaped, and it's her, and look this way. Don't pay attention to the fact that they had previously hired... And this is new to me. They In February of 08, it was released that they had hired mass murderer Stephen Kazmierczak. That's Ugh. pretty good. Kazmierczak. That's what Kazmierczak. I said. Say it. Okay. Do that. You read. I'm not reading okay. anything other than Stephen... Kazmierczak. He had worked there in 2007 before he shot up the university in Illinois. What? Yeah. Ugh. So, I mean, it's like, not that that's their fault, but they're like, oh, this makes us look really incompetent. We hire serial killers and people that fuck inmates. We look really <laughs> dumb. No so, background check needed. No. Apply now. And then her kind of wife... Ish. Jamie Long was arrested a few days later. Her prison wife. Because, you know, the guard was like, oh, and this woman helped. Oh, yeah. Couldn't get away that easy. She was charged with aiding an escape, which is a Class C felony, and she was sentenced to seven years. Wow. I know. I was like, well, wait a minute. She she can't say she was coerced and manipulated? Sex offenders get less than that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's never appropriate. I guess she had a long list of priors, but... That's just... I don't know. That just seems... Like, that wouldn't happen, but I guess it did. Yeah. And then in September of 08, a little-known TV show, America's Most Wanted, awesome uh, show. featured Sarah Pender. And she was then added to the U.S. Marshals' 15 Most Wanted Fugitive list. And they repeated this mislogic about the Charles Manson thing over and over. And they had Larry Sells saying... That lurking within is a dark, evil demon. She has the ability to seduce people into committing atrocious acts. She has a Charles Manson-like ability to manipulate people. I think she just tickled someone's pickle and they let her out of jail. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all it would take for me. <laughs> hey! And before, oh, they have, wait. A, they have a, a confession of someone else committing the crime she went to jail for. Yeah, yeah. But she was there. You saw it and you didn't say, hey, you, stop. Hi, you. <laughs> and so then you can go to jail. It's interesting. It's why we talk about it. A pretty young woman commits a crime, escapes from prison, and is on America's Most Wanted. It's a big deal. And so they kind of sensationalized it, I think, some. And how long has she been running by the time it made it to America's Most Wanted? She got out in August. And so it was aired when? September. Okay. 
She well, was Hell's Bell, she I mean, really. She she had to do for, for the hundred and forty bucks she made mm-hmm. do with that. Yeah, a whole month. The show labeled her as cunning and dangerous fugitive and call before she has she the will opportunity. kill you with fucking kindness mm-hmm. and get you <laughs> and you will unknowingly commit a felony because you're having sex with an inmate. Yep. All of a sudden. Sorry. Wow. Keep it in your pants, folks. Yep. They said, call now before she has the opportunity to kill again. It said that Pender used her body to get what she desired most. You. That just described a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. Is that how you. That's how how I weasel my way through life. If you've got it flattened. (laughs) I take it back. Why did I say it? (laughs) Meanwhile. (laughs) (laughs) That was supposed to be like. Sedu- seductive. <laughs> That's what I did. What did you say the other day? If you ha- if your husband hasn't taken out and wagged it at you like a dog, does he even love you? Well, and does your husband love you, Danielle? Yes. Several, Yikes! Several times a week. God no. <laughs> Please move on. Please move on. Okay. So meanwhile, Sarah has booked it to North Chicago and got. A job. and She, she didn't was, get that far. No, but she went far enough. Well, obviously she found somewhere else that doesn't screen their employees very well. No, you would have been funny if she, if she had went and got a job at the jail. <laughs> They're like, don't you look familiar? <laughs> no. no. She just puts on a fake mustache. <laughs> no. No, it is not me. It is Mrs. Iglesias. <laughs> she was using the name Ashley Thompson. Uh, <laughs> and she was a job as an estimator for a contractor. What? Yeah, so she could get oh, so a better could, job than I could. <laughs> well, that's because you can't get what you want by flaunting your body. Yep. Is that an insult or a compliment? Yes. I don't know. I shouldn't have said that, should I? No. <laughs> it works for me, though. What she did, right? she put her like her her education on there, and they're like, yeah. what have you been doing? What's the gap here? I got lost in time. <laughs> a time-space continuum. I got lost. Sounds um, legit. But I'm back. You're hired. <laughs> Okay, so on December 22nd of 2008, they ran a rerun of America's Most Wanted, and her neighbor identified her and called the cops. Damn neighbor. Yeah, God. Did What was she doing to her? Maybe she had late night business. What was she doing watching Fox that late at night? Yeah. <laughs> they arrested her at her apartment, and she denied being Sarah Pender, but... No, it's me, Ashley Thompson. <laughs> Ask my employer. She, if she had been wearing the fucking mustache. Yes, no one, no one would have known. Huh? Are you you're Mrs. Iglesias? <laughs> C. C. <laughs> okay, it's good. She checks out. We're good. Let's move on. All right, she did not resist arrest. Why? Because she's not a danger and homicide. Yeah. When you escape from a prison... They don't take you back to that prison. You Makes sense. You know how to get out. <laughs> yeah, they're like, don't, you're making us look bad. If we bring you back here, you'll make us look bad again. So we have to take you to the only other women's prison in Indiana, which is the Indiana Women's Prison. What an original name. Mm-hmm. We need to come up with, they I, They couldn't have named it, it after somebody nice. It used to be nice. a juvenile. It, they could have named it the Sarah Jo Pender prison. <laughs> they might. She's been in it long enough now. Yeah. Between December 2008 and up to January 2014, a total of 1,800-some days, they held her in solitary confinement. Oh, my. For how long? Over 1,800 days. How many years is that? So while I was there doing this internship, which was in 2012, she would be in the unit across the hall from mine. And obviously in solitary, it's just, you know, 8 by 11. That's like almost five years. Mm -hmm. Yep. They put bad people in solitary for punishment for something you did while in prison. Usually, like, six months is a, a serious penalty. They left her in solitary for five years. What would even... What would you even become? I don't... And I think she's still... Well-read. Yeah, she... Yeah. Well, it depends on if you can get books, if they'll let you have them. They may not let you have them. Yeah, you could give yourself a serious paper cut. Yeah. <laughs> like, they'll <laughs> let you have the Bible... I know oh, you do, they just do a lot of pacing back and forth. I would see them move her because I knew she was there. And the inmates that are in solitary are in red instead of okay. the tan. Like, it's, it is cold there. That's the, It's cold and you don't get to stay in bed. Like You don't? No, they make you get up. 
They left her in solitary for fucking ever, and it makes me really uncomfortable. I mean, you never are out of your cell without handcuffs on. And it's like someone escorts you to the shower and watches you shower. Like, she, like for five years, she Five years. You don't go to eat with the other people. I think you'd be okay with five years of quiet. It's cold, though. I don't want to be cold. Yeah. And they don't want you just to hang out in bed. Like, you have to get up. Really? Mm-hmm. Where, that would piss me off. So what happens if you refuse? I don't know. They could put you in solitary more. They take gonna, your shit away. They're going to They just, like, tape up. you up against the wall. I don't know. <laughs> I've only seen... So, yeah, my unit was only across, so I never had reason to go into the solitary unit, where it's just a bunch of individual cells. Were you aware of the story while you worked there? Yeah. I mean, not as well as I know it now, but I knew that someone who has escaped from Rockville had been put here. And I knew that they left her in solitary. And their parents, are, her mom and lawyers, are fighting from the outside just to get her out of solitary. Like, just let her come out. Is that even her? That's rough. Yeah, that's what I was like. So, this isn't... So, I wonder if she hadn't have escaped, if they could have done this appeal where the now retired prosecutor found this list and is like, I prosecuted her unjustly or without, you know, full knowledge of who I was putting on the stand. Never mind the fact that he was a predator. And wouldn't have done that. So now I need to rethink things. And let's see, she got, in 2013, Kara Winker? <laughs> Winky? 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 That works. I think it's Wynicky. That's what I said. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Winky? Wherever you are, Mrs. Winky, I salute you. <laughs> I'm sorry. From one Winky to another. <laughs> So Sarah. So we have Dick Hole and Mrs. Winky. <laughs> Wynicky. Kara Wynicky, Sarah Pender's lawyer, filed a request for a new trial based on the child molester snitch list as the new evidence. Four months later, the Indiana Court of Appeals denied the request, explaining that the petitioner has failed to establish a reasonable possibility that he is entitled to post conviction relief. Sounds like she she which, incriminated herself. Which that by... means you escaped from prison. Yeah. We're not letting you go anywhere. Yeah, it just, even though, that's what I mean. I was like, I don't know what time she would have gotten for the escape. Like, that's a, a felony. I don't know what time you would get for that. So let's say we'll acquit you or you've served your time for the original charges, but now you're serving 15 more years for, yeah. I'm not sure what it is. She, she incriminated herself. She basically... She, shot herself in the foot that if they had found this list and she never escaped from prison. But I don't know if he would have written this book had she not escaped from prison. It was called uh, Girl Wanted the Wait, Chase who wrote for the Sarah book? Pender. Steve Miller. Okay. But not, I think there's some discrepancy. Not the Floyd guy. No, no, no. Oh my God. He can write books too? And the book was released in 2011. So if they hadn't done the research for this book, they would have never found the list. But he only did the research for this book because she escaped. So it never would have been found had she not escaped. So she kind I mean... Well, so if she hadn't escaped, they would have never found the list that would have exonerated her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she still wouldn't have had a fighting chance. So... So I don't think it... It's like almost one of those impossible situations that... And the judge that denied this also was part of the appeals for her boyfriend. So he probably sees them as one and the same. Yeah. Like, why am I... You're both guilty. Why am I looking at this? So, and in a way, they are. She didn't pull the trigger, though. Mm-hmm. That's what gets me, is that they have a confession. But her confession is only that I helped move the bodies. and I No, didn't but he confessed. Yeah, he confessed. Dick Holt comp- confessed to it yeah, all. And said, I faked a letter blaming her. I don't even like people. That's why I shot them. It's me. And they're still like... That's okay. That's okay. Don't worry about it. We've got it from here. That kind of gets me. Again, with that, and then they're like, oh, yeah, this is for sure her handwriting. I think that, I don't, can they really use, like, handwriting analysis as a, mm-hmm. That's a as thing. hard evidence? Yep. But it wasn't her handwriting. That's just, it's, it all seems a little fishy to me. Was she 100%? If they would have said, do you think your wife wrote this letter? I would have said, can you read it? And if they would have <laughs> said yes, I would have said, that's no. not her. That's not her handwriting. <laughs> no, we used to get away with passing notes because you couldn't read my handwriting. Tried to read it out loud in front of the class, but like, what? What? It looks like, it looks like you're writing in, like, Aramaic or but some lost, lost language. Lost, dead sea language. But it's drunk while I'm writing. Like, it's not a sober language. No. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I don't know. The like, whole... I wrote this over here with a crayon. 
And it's better than what you could do with a pen. Listen, why are we ganging up on me and my handwriting? I'm not writing. We brought it up. I don't know. I just find it interesting that... Basically, she is guilty of having a crappy boyfriend and not calling the cops the second she was away from him. I think that is... I do think that's criminal activity. Yeah, and she Helping move bodies. Mm -hmm. Now, turning her into a female's... Female Charles Manson doesn't seem appropriate to and, this crime. And I think Larry Sells really regretted that. In later interviews, you can see that he's really distraught that he realizes, after reading the book, that was highly inaccurate. So he read a book that was really inaccurate, so it sparked him to look into it. And the realize, Girl Wanted was inaccurate? Mm -hmm. I would, so yeah. it was just a... It's been, it's been criticized for having inaccurate and deliberately quoting key documents in a misleading way. Okay. I don't know what the... Sounds I, like a lawyer wrote it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, but his investigation brought up the list, and without that... Then the list. Know. The list. Yes. The list. Yeah. The tablet. The, the tablet. tablet. Thank there you. There was a play on. Oh. <laughs> God. Sorry. I don't know. So, it's, it basically, she doesn't have real. I don't know, real, like, there's no more appeals. I don't know. And it's always, like, appealing the original case. I'm like, but how do you appeal escaping from prison? You don't. So, that's... She got an apartment. That's, like, she's done more than that. She had a know. condo and a job. Like, in, like, like the three wow. months she was in on the north side of Chicago. I'm just, like... I think she's, she's like my hero, low key. I'm low just key. <laughs> I think anything you read that she writes, she's intelligent and resourceful, and that they've painted her into this now. They've taken a, that attribute and made it. Yeah, made you Charles Manson. Yeah. Wow. Again, you, like you said, it was kind of a stretch. Um, um, the whole yeah. the whole thing seems like a stretch to me. But if she had rolled first on her boyfriend. She would have gotten off with probation, probably, from yeah. moving bodies. Like, it's who spins first? Who's going to plead guilty first? You get the best deal. Who's going to testify against who? You molest children, but you're going to take the stand. You can go free. It's like, you're going to say that your girlfriend did this. We'll give you less time as long as she gets the most time. As sad as it is, like, some of, a lot of this shit with, like, the legal system, it's ass backwards. No, if you're going to admit guilt and roll first, you get the best deal. Yeah. So even if you're not guilty, they want you to admit that you are guilty. It saves everyone time and money. And it looks good on them. Mm -hmm. Because when they have X amount of homicides and X are solved, that looks good. Yeah, the Homicides that go unsolved look bad for the prosecutor's office. Yeah, they want a high solve rate or a high success rate. Which I get it. I mean, it's not an easy job. But this one just kind of seems like a shot in the dark. Well, and they get judged upon how much money they spend going to trial. Yeah. So if they get a confession, that person goes, oh shit, the person's going to take a plea. Now you're not going to trial. And I get it. They want it to be a one and done kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I just feel like her life would be totally different if she had just, you know, said, I did this part of it. I'm guilty for this. Please prosecute me for this. But with that said, she also met a guy at a concert, went home with them, and that's not the bad part. But then this guy is a meth dealer. Mm-hmm. And didn't go, fuck this, and leave. Now, That's obviously, right. I'm not... She could have kept herself out of this situation, I it, guess. It seems to be that way. It was... A, or, I guess, it is a line of poor decision after poor decision after poor decision. The yeah. snowball effect. Which then got her into the situation to where... She is currently in prison. I don't know if there's anything to do to get her out. Maybe we'll have to add something... If, you know, petitions, writing, letters, people's... Could we sure. go to the Indian Women's Prison and talk to her? Just yeah. hypothetically. That's bizarre to me. Yeah, I mean, you have to get approved. Could she hear this podcast? I don't know what all they have in prison now um, for inmates. I mean, they have the media room. Yeah, that's an interesting little, little thought there. No. We'll see, because they're still trying to get her out, and yeah. I don't know how you undo it. I don't think you can. I just I, think it's gone too far. Yeah, it's at least she's out of solitaire, though. Yeah. Solitary. <laughs> she's still playing she solitaire. She probably plays solitary in <laughs> solitary. <laughs> so the moral of the story, don't, don't get mixed in with meth dealers. Or drug dealers, period. Or drug dealers, period. If your boyfriend wants to start a methery, just say... 86 that shit yeah don't just stand by and say that sounds fun <laughs> don't um, equate that to like a 
like a candy store. But what if you feel like you're going to be on Breaking Bad, the home edition? Oh, maybe then. The home edition. The home Is that edition. on HGTV? <laughs> it yes. might be. <laughs> Break Bad, your home. And then, if you find yourself in prison... Don't try to escape. It's not going to end well for you. No, they almost always catch you. Yeah. They really do. But she, you know, she wasn't a danger to anyone when she was out and about, like America's Most Wanted made it seem. But I guess that's how you get people to turn people in. Yeah. So, really, I feel bad. I don't think justice was really right in this case. Did she commit a crime? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Did they they overcharge her? Mm -hmm. Most likely. And when you're young and you don't know, and you're like, why would I admit to being guilty to something that isn't, you know, I didn't shoot anyone. But she damn well knew when she was escaping from prison what she was doing. Yeah. And I I think she said she wouldn't do it again. It's like, that's good. Yeah, that was a lapse of judgment, I would say. I'll have to find out and see if I can get an update in here. Yeah, we'll update y'all. Who's we? We, we, we. (laughs) (laughs) Where's mom? (laughs) What do you think? Episode three, case two. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Is that the law and the order? The law and order. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. All right. I guess yeah. that's it. I guess, yeah. Carla, if you where to find us. If you like what you hear, go follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at Who's Your Homicide. You can also find us on Facebook. I know that might be, like, not as cool, but go and find us on Facebook. Like us. And you can visit our website. We do have pictures from our previous podcast where we mentioned said explosion. Really interesting once you put the pictures with the mental images that we've given. I think that I think that I like to it. give pleasant mental images. Every day, all day. <laughs> there was something about wagging that I just can't get past. Gloss over that <laughs> like a shiny sheet of something. Yes. <laughs> and with that being said. For honest to goodness, stay Stay out out of the the corn. corn!